Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law, and we have a full house today because I'm joined, as usual, by Ellie Mistal. But before I get to that, I'm going to say our guest today is frequent guest host, Catherine Rubino from Above the Law. Hi. Hey, friends. And Ellie. Okay, before we do this podcast, I have a favor that I need you to do for me. That seems unlikely. See, here's the problem with (laughs) this. I understand what you're trying to set up, but... The, the quid pro quo would require there be something that you could give me. <laughs> and, and and other than jewel canisters or something, I don't know what you have. I mean, this is where we are, though, right? Like, even the way that you put it, though, is is something that's frustrating to me. I mean, you're yeah. not doing it on purpose. But, yeah. like, it does I'm not... sorry, blue. Right? No, I don't know what your brand is. Yeah. It doesn't require a quid pro quo for it to be wrong, right? If you... If you are the president of the United States, if you are leaning on a country that needs us, that needs us for its own defense, you don't have to spell out, I will not give you the capabilities to defend yourself unless you dig up dirt on my political – like you don't have to actually spell that out. You can do that – through innuendo and implication, which is exactly what he did. Well, right. Well, and it's also, none of this is an actual crime crime. Like, there's no statute to guide by like there was in the discussion of the more technical aspects of obstruction. This is very much in a political abuse of power world, much like the Nixon impeachment was, where, you know, there are no standards to this. So when you say, oh, you don't need to quit, that's true. But it's also that you don't necessarily not need one. Like, this is all in a very murky abuse of office discussion. So when people are trying to... I read that transcript, and I don't see murky. I don't see gray. Well, I understand you don't. You know, and it is an abuse of power. But the issue is, it's a murky world in which there's no quid pro quos required, quid pro quos not required. It's all like, this is just a, is this an abuse in a very general sense I think a lot of people would suggest it is, but there's no like statute here where you're going, oh, 18 USC, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to have a quid pro quo. Like now we're into very political, uncharted. There's no real statutory guide to what's going on here. Well, what about campaign finance? Because there are potentially there are statutes governing campaign finance. Sure. Campaign finance violations. Yeah. You you could having, do it that way. Having the attorney general inve- having sorry a foreign government investigate your political rivals is an in kind contribution of sorts. Sounds like an in kind contribution. Sure. I, I mean, on the other hand, I'm not altogether sure it behooves the investigation to be more tied to individual statutes and regulations. Like those sorts of election law violations are also the sort of things where the appropriate spelled out punishment for them is, well, you were a bad kid give us $10,000, not you go to prison or lose your job kind of violations. And so that's why I don't necessarily think it even is helpful to make it statutory as opposed to a broad, this is an abuse of power. My my point is that if you are the kind of person that needs a statutory hook to hang it by, there are statutory hooks that you can hang it by. I I tend to be not a, a person that does not need a statutory hook. The general malaise of abuse 
and lack of credibility is enough for me to get there. But I am imagining a person who wants a statutory hook. There are statutory hooks mm -hmm. in yeah, addition but... to the abuse of power. Yeah, I mean, the, o the, the only really you, successful one of these in recent memory was a very broad kind of general thing. And so I feel like we're we're following that plan. Do you think blueprint. that when the articles of impeachment are drawn up, which I, which I, I'll, I'll state that I, I believe we are now on that train in an inevitable way, that the, that the Democrats will end up voting on articles of impeachment against Donald Trump sometime before Iowa. Like I oh, think, yeah. I think that is now happening. So if you follow so the. My the actual historical time frame, uh, if you look at, yeah. say, the Clinton, yeah, the Clinton run, super quick. it was, uh, I believe, the they passed the resolution to begin formal hearings. It was about a month or so till there were hearings. It was another month and a half, I think, until there was a formal impeachment. Then it was a couple of weeks off, and then they had an impeachment trial, and then it was done. So it was about a from, – from the stage we're at, which is actually prior to – we have not yet voted – to begin formal hearings. We've said we're going to yeah, vote on that. It feels um, like we're going to skip that yeah, step. I, well, I mean, I think that step is perfunctory at this point, but it's still, we're not technically there. From that step to the end was about four months or so, I think. When these articles of impeachment are up, are you on team, this is the lawyer question, mm. are you on team just charge the one thing we're impeaching him for gross abuse of power because he blah, 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 blah um, with the Ukraine. Or are you on a more kind of prosecutorial – if you think about how a lawyer would do it, you charge them with everything, right? So do you think that we should – that the Democrats should focus on the one thing that the public seems to be able to understand, because, this Ukraine issue? Because it's actually much um, more uh, or, tangible. Or, or do you do – we're going to do that. We're going to do all the obstruction of justice charges from the Mueller report. We're going to do the Stormy Daniels stuff, um, the hush money payments. Like, do you do it all or do you just do the one? Yeah, I think that the doing it all is the dumbest possible solution. So it's the one that I assume, given the history of how this party operates, that's the one that I assume they'll do. But it is the dumbest possible version because those are issues – it's not like we need formal inquiries. We've had those litigated in the press for like two or three years. And despite the rantings of the Twitterverse, nobody gave a shit. So we know from polling that people really didn't care about any of that. So the idea that we would try to have impe an impeachment bring all that back up as though somehow talking more about it helps. I don't know what more there is to talk about than what we already have that nobody seemed to care about. Because that's where the Nixon analogy some people make breaks down. They say, oh, well, people cared more about it the longer it went. Well, sure, it, originally it was on, pay on like buried in the metro section of the post. The Russia stuff was on the front page for like two and a half years and still nobody cared. So there's nothing, there's no momentum there. Uh, the Ukraine issue, to the extent it is a much more tangible and much more clear abuse, I think could very well have that sort of legs. On the other hand, I, you know, it's still still a dangerous move when you're already out polling the president with multiple potential candidates. I split the baby a little bit. I don't think that you should charge everything. I don't think you should go go back into the obstruction and, and, and the Mueller report stuff, um, mainly because I think Mueller generally failed at his job, and, and I don't want to pin this to Robert Mueller anymore. 
Um, I thank him for his service, and I am glad that he has exited the stage. I do think you throw in the Stormy Daniels stuff. I do think you throw in the hush money payments because that's an actual illegal act that he committed that we know he committed that his lawyer is already in jail for. So I I feel like not including that just – just kind of goes I mean this is a different point but like if you're not going to impe- if you're not going to if you're going to impeach the president and you're not going to include the hush money payments then why in the fuck is Michael Cohen in jail right right cuz cuz like that like at some basic level that is an actual known violation of law that Trump ordered well again Cohen suggested that he didn't order it that there was an understanding, but no one ever said anything, you know, the way the, the mob works. So I, I wouldn't, especially since I, I feel like the, 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 as I already said, the statutory hook here um, is going to be a campaign finance violation. I would throw both campaign finance violations into the impeachment charges. I mean, but see, all right, I, I'm, I do want to get off of this quickly as soon as possible. But like from a legal perspective, which like this is not really a legal process at this point. It's a we're in a very, you know, in a different world that kind of quasi pretends to be legal. But from the perspective it's of called a, the Constitution, but yes, uh, no, uh, it's, it's I a mean constitutional it, it, process. It is in the Constitution, which means largely it is not a fucking legal topic I, I, in the conversations that we actually have I as lawyers. Wasn't right? disagreeing with right, you. Right? No, no, no. That right. That's I wasn't meaning that as a like toward you. I was saying it more as like it's just not a fucking legal topic that we can really wrap our hands around and say this is answer A and this is answer B, and we know that because we have years of precedent and statutes or whatever. It's it's that murky thing uh, that I was talking about earlier, but. The reason why, you know, to try to put, if at, saying all that, allow me to do the opposite uh, and try to put a legal <laughs> frame on it. The real problem for me throughout this whole process, and while I do think these allegations are new and fresh and potentially more interesting, I still have the exact same problem, which is to put the frame on it, a prosecutor doesn't go and get an indictment and go to court when they have a case that they know they can't get a conviction on. And it, because it's a waste of resources and skews the whole process and makes it harder to bring a claim later because of double jeopardy rules, which don't apply here, but still are a problem. I'm one of those folks who have always been very concerned about I can count to 67 and that is not a number that gets reached and there if you aren't going to get a conviction you're you know you're potentially poking the we just wasted everybody's time tiger and that that's a real concern when you see that your candidates are gaining lots of traction vis-a-vis Trump mostly not on corruption discussions but on we have this policy we're trying to do we have this policy we're trying to do and now you're going to short circuit the legislative agenda for four to five months to just have a conversation that polling suggests people haven't cared about. The legislative agenda? I mean, he's not, McConnell isn't bringing anything to the floor. There is no legislative agenda. Well, right. But no, that I mean, there is a House agenda. It, it's the fact that that is not passing is distinct because there the Democrats are able to say, we passed this thing. It went nowhere, but here's what it does and why you should care about it and why you should get people to make it happen. With the impeachment discussion, it just goes to a process that ends with Trump being able to say, see, they had a trial and I was acquitted, which seems problematic as a strategy. But, you know, the House passed a bill outlawing uh, mandatory arbitration 
yeah. um, in cases involving sexual harassment, employment, uh, racism, and some other employment disputes. And of course, McConnell isn't going to do anything yeah. about it. Right. Catherine, you talk a lot about mandatory arbitration. Can you tell our listeners all the excellent coverage and all the ex- some about some of the excellent work that actual law students have done to fight against mandatory arbitration? Sure. A couple of years ago, um, there was a controversy online that was started when a mandatory arbitration provision of an employment agreement, uh, I believe it was Munger Tolls was the first one that came to light, uh, was part of the associate's employment contract. And a bunch of, uh, initially it was organized out of Harvard Law School, was originally called the Pipeline Parity Project. Now Can we just the- say that again? What law school? Har- yeah, yours. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they're now organized as the People's Parity Project. Have uh, done a bunch of things. So they, they've they've gotten more successful and therefore walked away from Harvard. <laughs> There's <laughs> lots of the organizers are still at Harvard. Fair enough. Um, but it's it's bigger than just one law school. I think is the point for them renaming themselves and and kind of having a bigger goal here. And they have been very successful in finding out uh, firms that have either decided not to disclose whether or not they have mandatory arbitration or finding the actual agreements for firms that have admitted that they have um, mandatory arbitration, publicizing them and protesting against them. They've organized two or three, I can't remember, uh, actual protests outside of the law firms. Once was actually during a summer associate event to really kind of nail the the point home that this is not great for PR. And several law firms, having been sort of the the target of these campaigns, have decided to do away with the agreements as a result. It's been pretty successful overall and and certainly a a moment where uh, law students have been leading the conversation, not the other way around. Yeah, I think it's been one of the most successful kind of law student-led protests. I can't or, remember or, another or, one or that was action yeah. items <laughs> yeah. um, that certainly that's happened. You know, certainly in, in my lifetime. Sure. And now the United States Congress finally has their back. I think one of the key, one of the really interesting things that's happened with mandatory arbitration is that it has gone from an issue that really only lawyers understood about. Like, so lawyers have been arguing about this from an access to courts kind of a justice issue um, for quite some time. But it has gone from that kind of almost law nerdy access to courts issue. And it's really blown into what it always should have been, um, an issue where people understand that this is something that is used to silence people who have sexual harassment complaints, to silence people who have workplace discrimination complaints. And it's taken a long time, I think, for Democrats, for liberals, for progressives mm-hmm. to kind of understand this issue in the larger context of society. And I also think, it, as it particularly applies to the big law context, I think that there's a, a heightened realization that it affects not just their relationship to clients, but their relationship to law schools, right? They're always trying to recruit and get new blood in. The law firm model requires new grist for the mill every year, uh, and they want the best and brightest every year. And if they no longer have access to certain students because of, because of their policies, they're seeing a very real consequence. It's very short term. You know, it's like a year and a half long process, right? From when you start interviewing to when they're actually got their offers, have accepted their offers. So, you know, it's a short term process. They can actually see the results. It's, you can really hold a firm's feet to the fire if the law school students are engaged on a particular issue. So to get, we're now halfway through the show, so maybe we should transition to our actual topic. So uh, you have some- I have, I have the perfect story to talk to you. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah, Do you want to talk about it, go. meow? <laughs> <laughs> right. Shoot me. I want to talk a little bit about <laughs> Dr. Leon, the lawyer cat. 
Oh my god. Doctor Leon the lawyer. Doctor Leon. It's a real lawyer. It's a real cat too. I guess more importantly. <laughs> It's a real cat. Um, so it was this stray cat in Brazil. It had taken up. It was raining really bad, like thundering and lightning for a couple of days. And was this, it raining fire? No, just rain, just oh, water. Okay, and that's what cats don't like. Though is the water. Um, <laughs> anyway, so this. I mean, little, I don't think they like fire either. Well, I don't. It, that's sure. Yeah. Okay. But fine. Yeah. I'll concede that point. Okay. Um, but this little cat, Leon, who they later named Leon, um, had taken a residence in the Order of Attorneys of Brazil building, which is like the American Bar Association, but in Brazil. And he was like living in a little box that like people were like kind of surreptitiously feeding him for a few days, but others were complaining because there was a cat underfoot, uh, which, you know, I can understand. Some people are allergic. And-, and, you know, maybe they're like, this seems weird. What's going on here? I mean, now there, we- there's a, I mean, let's, there was a, feral cat living there like have they done anything to get the cat fixed i mean let's call a spade a spade amazing oh my god oh yeah amazing. yeah um but that was way more work than the purr bull yeah you know. look i hate everything it was happening. yes it was like, much more tortured that's correct yeah <laughs> good job <laughs> but anyway so there's this cat living basically in in the law building and people are complaining about it and the powers that be instead of like kicking it out or taking it to a shelter or adopting it and taking it home which also maybe was a solution they decided to employ the cat oh my goodness they employed the cat and firstly first he was just an employee but then they promoted him to a lawyer um so he's dr leon the avogato but he has an Instagram account too, and that's what it's called, which is a pun in Portuguese, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. For those who haven't <laughs> yeah. brushed up on your Portuguese, the actual. Which, in yeah. fairness, I didn't either. Some somebody had written What's me that after. Gato means cat. Oh. And avogado is a lawyer. So, oh, but oh, spelt like the cat version. Avogado. Oh, that's, oh. that's great. Yeah, yeah. So have have they have they done the thing that that people do where they put like clothes on it? Oh, of course. He has an Instagram account. I said that. Uh, no, it, it could have just been an Instagram account. Of just like here's a picture of a cat. But no. So they, is doctor. Well, I mean, you constantly have to have new content on an Instagram account. Are it, you unfamiliar with the medium? Like, yeah. Is doc is Doctor Leon like a litigator or transactional? Because I. I mean, I don't know whether he's going into court and advocating or if he's looking over claws. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> that one I liked even better. Yeah, this yeah. is all happening. <laughs> this, is, this is like our, my torture of Ellie for yeah. a lot of things. <laughs> but yeah, so actually I think he's in um, some nonprofit administration because another result of Dr. Leon's new employment is that uh, several people at the um, the OAB have gotten together and started to create a nonprofit for other uh, animals that are homeless that are, don't have anywhere to live that are stray. That's on the wonderful street. because that that's wonderful that that a cat's getting into this because usually it's dogs who do pro bono. Oh my gosh! <laughs> do we have an ad? Doesn't every, do we have like an ad read to do? Afraid not, my friend. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, Dr. Leon's humans rep- representatives have said that they don't have the space or wherewithal in the building to take in all the strays because, you know, they actually do have to do the lawyering part. And they've got to, like, pass the bar and everything. Yeah. yeah. Have, have they, like, gotten it, like, check for, like, rabies or what? Like- yeah, they, he, the cat is, is healthy. They took the cat, they took Dr. Leon to a vet. They did have him neutered. Um and yeah, they said that he he doesn't meow much because his vocal cords were injured when he oh. was a baby. 
but he seems really happy now and like he like walks around and his official duties are to greet people as they come into the building they also gave him like an official like id card that has his picture and name on it you should it's really cute yeah. It's worth it, it. It's yeah. It's basically the opposite of all the impeachment shit that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. If um, there was like a polar opposite, that and that it would seems be. like their bar association is a lot easier to get into than ours. <laughs> well, it's no California. I don't. I don't, bar. I don't have a, a laminated ID card. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. This is this is ridiculous. What? It's super was, cute. They they have some pictures of him in like bow ties, some with like long ties, and he has official suits that he wears too. He has lots of different outfits. What happens, and I'm going to try to keep Hugh towards the point of this goddamn show. <laughs> Thinking like a lawyer, what happens if the cat's true owner shows up and demands, I don't know, is it repossession or repatriation of the cat to their domicile away from the Bar Association? What what happens? At, are, are there laws governing how long a cat has to be stray before... It can well, be repossessed. I'm certainly not an expert in Brazilian law. Uh, that, that is first of all. But I think it was pretty clear, given the length of time that the cat was staked out there and the lack of care that he appeared to have gotten before they took him to the vet, that it was, in fact, a stray. And it's not unusual to have strays. And strays and feral cats yeah. are, I think, I think a lot, especially in America, even though it's a huge issue in America even, uh, people really underestimate how much of a cat overpopulation problem mm -hmm. there is. There are way more cats roaming the streets as wild animals than you would possibly contemplate. We've discussed on the show, yeah. you and I, Joe, before, yes. I have a stray cat um, that only shows up in the wintertime, which particularly pisses yeah. me off, that we uh, care for is too strong of a word, but like try to make sure it doesn't die in our driveway during the winter. You have previously explained, and I think you should do it again, the difference between a stray cat and a feral cat, because I think that's actually yeah. like, super important. Like a stray is a domestic cat who had a, you know, was domesticated to live in a home and did for some time and is now, you know. Abandoned. Abandoned and making it out there like a, you know, like a like a new kid in the city, uh, a feral cat's a wild animal. Um, <laughs> it is an in fact wild animal that runs around and has never, you know, has Known never the been love broken. Never been broken, and those two get together, and it's it's oh, it's a uh, it's a, a rom com. Yeah. So if or actually, what it is is, is contributing it? more to the overpopulation problem. But that's whatever. why that's what they got Doctor exactly. Leon neutered. So exactly, I go to the Brazilian uh, Bar Association, and this fucking cat, you know, claws me. Um, who do I sue? Probably the the like Bar that's, Association. That's still possible. Like I can well, still. I mean, I mean again, because I'm I'm a, not an expert in Brazilian law. You might be able to sue. I'm assuming I mean, Doctor Leon does not have deep pockets. Is, uh, I mean, I mean, uh, probably I mean, at a, least has the malpractice insurance, but I don't think it would fall under that. Um, you could start <laughs> a disciplinary committee hearing. Ooh, um, yeah. Yes, if he claws me, I could get Doctor Leon disbarred. And then, yeah, you could make a disciplinary hearing, and we could watch the fur fly. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 all I need. I, I need to, I need to know that there was still some legal recourse I would have. Um, if this wild, feral, milk-drinking yeah. motherfucker does something bad to me so when you, I am You're anti-Dr. Leon. I, look, I'm not anti... I'm not anti... He's super cute. I, I, I'm not anti-Dr. Leon. I am a dog person, okay? So that I start from that position. Like, I, I'm a dog person, which means that I think cats are generally bad. 
Like, like I get why people like them, but like they're generally dangerous, wild animals that kill innocent animals in and around your neighborhood. And so I don't like them. A dog, on the other hand, is not going to kill anything that it's not that's not supposed to die, and right, and will always be waiting for you when you come home to love you and give you respect. Cats are the opposite. Of Things that. that are supposed to die. By that, he meant Michael Vick's champion. Oh <laughs> God! But I hate this episode so much. <laughs> I mean, we're so we're sorry that we did this episode to litter your day. <laughs> Just like inside baseball, guys, I wasn't even supposed to fucking be here. Like I, I like was, like Dante from Clerks. Like I was, I was at home watching the impeachment hearings. Um, I wasn't sure I was gonna make it, so Joe and Catherine concocted this episode, um, thinking that I wouldn't. Yes, I frequently cover for you. Uh, when you thinking that I wouldn't be here. Um, and then I had the misfortune of actually showing up on time for the goddamn show. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, I guess for the show. Yeah, and 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 that that is why I'm here. Um, are we done? All I'm saying is I oh will definitely God. watch Walt Disney Presents Dr. Leon when it comes out. Oh, yeah. Because oh, that's totally going to happen, right? I, I, it has to. That's, that's It's perfect. It's perfect. I didn't even mean that one. It's even better. <laughs> yeah. No, the, um, I, and, I, I, and I see the plot like it, it goes and then there's a tough case. Uh, he's approached and try. They try to the the chemical company tries to buy him out, but he stands by his principles. It's basically a civil action, but with a cat. <laughs> it's gonna be it's really good I'd, I'd watch it especially if Pixar does it I'm in I'ms yeah. if you would like to advertise on this show um, yeah we have a spot yeah well, um, sorry is I'ms a cat food you guys both have cats right we yeah. do yep, yep. Yeah. I'ms is a is a brand of pet food yes yeah. I know they have dog food I don't know that's the dog food that we use I'm seriously uh, I'ms like I would like some free dog food at least like come on yeah help your brother out yeah please say that's our show um yeah, I guess. I was, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out a way to work a lyric from the musical Cats in, but I, I haven't really found a good one yet. It's so. midnight, yo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, can see by the starlight. Yeah. I, I'm all alone with my memories of how this show used to be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is this is easily going to be our finest episode. Uh, and we, we'll get the data from this, and this will turn out to be the greatest episode. But yeah, no, I, I think we you could uh, we ball. could be done. If you touch me, you'll understand what happiness was. So so you're doing that to make Joe hate this episode yes. too? Yeah, I just okay. I it I he's so lucky that he did this at the end. Because if I had thought of this at the fucking beginning, that's what that the entire yeah. time. But see but see the joke's on you. I think this is fantastic. The fact that you have to that you have to embrace it is so great. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's He's the only thing giving with you me singing. joy. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we could uh, put a pin in this for, for now then. So if you're you're listening to the show, that's great. You should listen to the show every time. That means you should probably subscribe to it through your podcast subscription service of choice. At that place, you should also give it reviews, not just stars, but also say something about it. Talk about how much you love Dr. Leon, whatever. Uh, do and all of that because it helps us move up the ranks of legal podcasts. And who doesn't want to have cats on the top of the legal podcast list? Uh, you should read Above the Law, where you can get all of this hard-hitting legal news. You should follow us on... Tw- and stuff about cats. Right. And you should follow us on Twitter. I'm at Joseph Patrice. Also, mandatory arbitration and the impeachment of the President of the United States. Also, we also write about that sometimes. Yeah. You know. But 
but also Dr. Leon. Yeah. The lawyer cat. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I see the traffic numbers, so we should probably foreground the Dr. Leon thing. <laughs> um, uh, he's at L-E-N-Y-C. She's at Catherine One. Uh, those are all our Twitter handles. Dr. Leon has an Instagram account that I don't know. remember Dr. off the top of my head. Dr. underscore Leon underscore Avogato. There you go. So if you wanted to follow the adventures of a cat uh, in he the halls of justice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we should send him like a jabot or something, like a little cat jabot. So, uh, yeah, do all those things. Uh, thanks for listening. You should also listen to Catherine's podcast, The Jabot. You should listen to all the offerings of Legal Talk Network. And I think that's everything that I usually say. If it's not, I'm sorry. You'll, uh, you know, I'll get you all next time. Yeah. Check me uh, out on Instagram. Oh, yeah, you're on Instagram. Yeah, I Meow, am too. out. See, oh, no. yeah. No. Yeah, sorry. One more. One, one, more. one more for the road. Yeah. Okay. With that, we can uh, we can be done. All right. Bye. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.